Hey everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to my very abbreviated YNR chat for Sunday, March 6th. It's just going to be a super short one today because it's a gorgeous spring day, and I so just want to get outside and enjoy this weather. It's been gloomy and gray all week, and I just like want to relax in the sunshine. But there was It was a huge week in YNR, and I didn't want to go without commenting on a couple of things. First of all, words cannot even explain what a great show we had on Monday. I mean, the week started out with a bang. It was the culmination of everyone finding out that Adam had decided to join in Victor's army against the other three kids. And it was like on Monday show, it was amazing. It, it By the end of it, it was decimated. Everything that, that, that had been building had just been rocked. The three kids, Nick and Victoria and Abby, are standing there shocked that they just lost Their world has been rocked. Everything that they've been fighting for for months, especially Abby, knowing that Victor had offered her several huge, fat settlement checks that she could have taken at any given time and had gotten exactly what she wanted. But no, pressed on and ended up losing everything. Oh, I loved it. It was so good. Just the looks on their faces alone was so good. And then we have Adam. Uh, he mm, he was something else this week. Hats off to Michael Mooney. He had he had me. Uh, he captivated me all week. He's sitting at the arbitration table, and Adam's face is ashamed I mean, of all the things that Adam has done. Uh, this he looks ashamed for. Lying to Sharon. And the moment that Adam walks out of that arbitration room and Sharon realizes what happened, it's it's like Adam, total shame on Adam's part and just also shame and devastation on Sharon's part, realizing that he lied And I think probably Sharon's, you know, at this point is questioning everything like he said he's not going to lie again. And here he is lying again. And that's just I mean, all of this. There were so many levels to this, because then you also have Victor standing there. So satisfied. It hurt Victor. You could tell he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to have to pair up with his least favorite son. Oh, and by the way. Anybody notice how Victor's been calling Adam son lately? For the past six months to a year, it was I have no son. And now suddenly, he doesn't even call him Adam, it's son. Suddenly, he's a son to him because he's Adam's the only Newman child that is helping to save the company. So suddenly, Adam is back in the good graces. But after this big bombshell is dropped, Victor is just so pleased with himself and then there was the it just the whole thing continued to unravel because we see Jack scrambling now realizing that he's not going to 
tear apart Newman's empire, and get beauty of nature. So Jack is totally in the doghouse with Abby. She was mad. Crushed his picture on the floor. That was intense. So Abby's mad at Jack. Ashley's mad at Jack. Jack's feeling like he just lost his best friend. He's got nothing now. And so Jack... The, the the thing that was most unexpected about all of this, t- for me, was that Jack basically grabbed Tucker and dragged him down with him. Jack was like, if I'm going down, people are going to be mad at me for my part in this. I'm taking Tucker down with me, too. And that was unexpected for me. I wasn't expecting there to be that fallout with Tucker. And then the juxtaposition of, at the very end of Monday's show, of Tucker looking out his office window, realizing that, you know, his bid for beauty of nature may have cost him his relationship with Ashley, juxtaposed with Victor looking out his window, his office window, thinking about how his, you know, greediness or, you know, his desire to hold on to his company may have cost him his family. That, That juxtaposition was so strong that I, I just really appreciated it. But I was not expecting that with Tucker because I feel that Tucker played a very minor role in this. Yes, Tucker wanted beauty of nature, no question. Yes, Tucker pushed Jack to get the job done. But as much as I love Jack, this is not a slight against Jack, but I'm telling you, Jack was the one that brought that proposal to the table. Jack was the one that put it out there. Not Tucker. So I kind of felt like it was... A little bit like Jack was trying to deflect some of the attention. And it sucks because inadvertently, I think Jack has really, really caused some problems with Tucker and Ashley's relationship. I don't think Tucker, I I just, I don't know. I just, for some reason, I'm not finding Tucker as culpable here. And I really like him and Ashley. Oh, just seeing them together. Mm. I, I really like Tucker, I feel like he just fits into the landscape at YNR so well. He just, he works for me. That actor works for me 100%. And so does Ashley, Eileen Davidson, love. And so I guess for me, that was an unintended or, unex, you know, unanticipated um, casualty of the fallout of the Newman arbitration. It was crazy. It was intense. And, you know, that's not even beginning to discuss <laughs> the fallout that it had with Adam and Sharon's relationship and <laughs> I'm just I'm going to I'm going to say this. I'm not going to say too much about it because I think there's going to be a lot revealed next week, but I'm going to tell you this right now, <laughs> friends. If Adam felt like he needed to end his relationship with Sharon to save her He could have just left town, you guys. He could have just left town. He didn't have to break her heart by saying that he never loved her. It was all a show. He didn't have to do that. Completely unnecessary. In fact, I feel like Adam really, he screwed himself here. He really did. He is the one that decided 
to partner up with Victor. He decided, he made this executive decision that in order to save Sharon, he was going to lie for Victor and strike this deal. Well, you know what, Adam? If you chose to do that, you should have stuck with your lie. If you chose to lie, you should have stuck with your lie. Go through with the plan. Don't keep flip-flopping. He flip-flopped all week. If he would have just stayed steady with the plan, Victor would have confessed Sharon would have been off the hook and everything would have been fine. But no, Adam had to freak out. He should have, seriously, I feel like, yes, on the one hand, everybody in the family knows that Adam was lying, that he forged the documents, the trust documents. But on the other hand, I feel like everyone would believe that Adam would do that. I feel like even Sharon could have believed that Adam forged the documents. Number one, he's been convicted of forging that diary of Victor's a couple years back. He has a history with forging, so why wouldn't everyone believe it? And and number two, it's the exact type of thing that he would do. Nobody would have known. He was in control of Newman at that time. Nobody would have known. It's, it was a totally plausible lie. <laughs> and I'm just saying, Adam should have stuck with his lie. And everything would have been fine. But instead, Adam made a really bad decision, I think. You know, even if he wanted to leave town, I, there's no question that Adam has dragged Sharon down. She would not be in this mess with Sky's murder if it wasn't for Adam. He, there's no two ways about it. He's ruined her life. She got her kid taken away from her. She's on trial for murder, and it is all because of Adam. I mean, it's because of Sharon, too. Sharon has, I'm not saying Sharon's not responsible for her own actions, but Adam is the root source of her problems. And if he wanted to remove himself from the situation and run away forever and and save her from him, I would understand that. Completely understandable. But to break her heart, to say those things to her, that's what bugs me. That's what's wrong. That's what really reams me about him. And that's what makes me wonder if he hasn't changed at all in the least. And who does Sharon turn to the moment that Adam appears to have betrayed her? Surprise, surprise, she shows up at Nick's door for an embrace. (laughs) I think we all know where this is going. Okay, so I felt a little bit bad for Deacon this week. He wanted Nikki before Maggie even came into the picture. But... Deacon knows that Nikki is never going to love him the way she loves Victor. He knew that from the beginning. You could see that from a mile away. So, as Catherine told Deacon this week, in no uncertain terms, you're no match for Victor Newman. She spelled it out for him. And he knew it. He already knew it. By the way, how fabulous was Catherine this week in her purple velvet jacket. (laughs) My gosh, girl. Prince called. 
and he says he wants to borrow that jacket <laughs> and the jewels. <laughs> so my point is, knowing from the beginning that, that he's not good enough for Nikki, Deacon resorted to drastic measures. He did the wrong thing. He partnered up with Maggie to try to tear Nikki and Victor apart. It was the wrong thing to do. But Maggie, <laughs> this woman is a master manipulator. She specializes in finding people's weaknesses and exploiting them. That's what she did with Nikki, and that is what she did with Deacon. And it does lend a little bit of sympathy for me, for, for Deacon. Maggie found Deacon's weakness, Nikki, and his feeling of insecurity, and she roped him into doing her dirty work. So now, Deacon is just stuck. He's in. He's finally actually with Nikki. I mean, they're living together now. He's gotten what he's wanted. <laughs> but the downside is he's staring up at this huge sword of Damocles that is hanging, dangling over his head. Just waiting to drop and blow his whole world apart. Okay, speaking of bad guys who I had a little bit of sympathy for this week, I have to say, I have to admit here, <laughs> that Colin was kind of cute during the whole governor debacle with Jill. It was, first of all, totally funny that <laughs> Catherine calls the governor and he comes running over to her house with his tongue hanging out. <laughs> practically drooling for Jill. And he is almost like ready to molest her right on the couch <laughs> at Catherine's house. You know, he's thinking that, you know, that Jill wants it and she does not want it. And it was just, it was very, very funny. It was very classic YNR, very classic YNR slash Jill Catherine feud. It was awesome. And I I did think it was funny that that Colin came in, that they twisted it as if, you know, C Colin was thinking that the governor was there for him. He was like, oh, you're just my type. <laughs> it was funny and cute. And the guy, he was just very the actor was very playful. Colin was very playful during that scene. And I don't think we've seen a lot of that from him. He's been very serious since he's come onto the show. We haven't been able to see much of his playful side. And in a way, the, you know, the playfulness kind of reminded me of Kane. They actually did a pretty good job of casting that guy because in a way, he kind of, you know, some of his mannerisms reminded me of Kane a little bit. And uh, yeah, I thought he was, you know, I still want him away from Jill just because I want vengeance for Kane's death. But I thought he was he was a little bit more fun this week. It was nice to see that. By the way, poor Lily. Oh, we saw Kane again this week. She saw Kane again this week in his white outfit. <laughs> I feel sorry for her. I, I feel her in all of those scenes. It's very spooky. I feel like they're set in the mood so well. Him standing outside her window, making that slow, slowly with his fingers, drawing that heart on the window. It was creepy. They're doing a really good job of setting that that mood. But still, every time she walks by that desk near the door, wondering when she's going to find that letter. <laughs> They've got to clean this place sooner or later and find that letter. 
But until then, it's 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 I I really really empathize with Lily. She's going through such a hard time right now. Girl's going crazy, but I'm enjoying it. It's it's slow and spooky, and I am enjoying it. Hey, it's time for Marcellus Watch 2011. Just wanted to mention that Marcellus, I saw you in the background of the uh, glowworm scene where Billy and Victoria had their little limbo. <laughs> Marcellus from Big Brother 3, I believe. It might be 4, but I feel like it's 3. Marcellus Reynolds, um, who I think works in the background at, at, at YNR CBS. He's been on a couple of shows, but I like to watch him. Every time I see Marcellus as an extra in the background, I, I like to note it. So, um, so hi, Marcellus. I saw you this week. And um, I guess the last thing that I really want to mention... Well, no, there's two other things I want to mention. First of all, speaking on, on Billy, he... It was really nice to hear and see his article this week about his father. It was nice to see John a little bit this week. You know, here we are expecting Billy to come out with fire, blasting Victor yet again in his magazine, you know, to get back at at everything, to get back at Victor for everything that he's done to, to Victoria. When, he, when Billy said to Victoria, right now, I wish more than anything, as much as I hate your father, I wish I could give you your daddy back. That was a very sad moment. Um, because I think everyone's feeling that, uh, you know, in the wake of the, the Newman craziness ever, you know, all of the children are feeling like they've lost a father and, and Victor's feeling like he lost his children. And, um, I thought it was, you know, it was great that Billy actually took the high road and decided to use it as an opportunity to pay tribute to his father, you know, and, you know, taking a moment to reflect on being a, you know, a new father himself and, I also really appreciated the moment where Ashley said to him, welcome to adulthood. Welcome to the world of, of being a mature adult. That was It was almost like a rite of passage for Billy, and it was a pleasure to see it this week. Now, now the final thing I want to mention <laughs> is uh, Ryder is back. Wow. I was not expecting that. <laughs> And the other thing that I'm just not expecting is Ryder. He is so totally not my type. I I typically don't even like I'm not usually really into blonde guys. And <laughs> and he's very muscly. I'm not usually into that and his hair his head's kind of strangely shaped. <laughs> And I shouldn't be into that. But for some reason, for some reason, Ryder is very sexy to me. I don't know what it is. He doesn't even have to say anything. Just physically, I find him very attractive. And I don't even know why. I'm I'm so surprised with myself. So I'm kind of hoping, I mean, come on, we lost Kane. It's so weird. It's like we lost Kane, we lost Ronan, apparently, although I'm sure he'll be back. But, you know, then they bring back Chance, and now we've got Ryder again, which is kind of weird. But, um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of hope that Ryder <clears throat> hangs around, because at least it'll give Jana somebody to play with instead of constantly being there, creeping around Kevin and Chloe. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that they they bring him on permanently. I, th- I think, or at least for a little while longer. He's he's good. 
he's good to he's good to watch. <laughs> Let's not sugarcoat it. He's good to watch. Okay, well, those are my thoughts for this week. Sorry, it's kind of short. Um, but hey, you gotta gotta seize the day as they come, and it's it's spring is coming, you guys. <clears throat> I think actually, like daylight savings time is happening here within the next week or two, maybe even next weekend. So um, I hope that you guys have a chance to get out and enjoy the sunshine and the weather. And um, hey, I'll be back next week. I promise. I'm going to be watching the show. I'm looking forward to what's coming next. And as always, I'm looking forward to chatting with you about it. So leave me a comment. Um, I'm looking forward to reading and responding. I love you guys. Those were kisses. And I will definitely see you back live and in person next week. Okay, talk to you then. Bye.